There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. From the Intercontinental Hotel in Dubai Festival City. This is Talking of Books. Live at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. Hear from the world's greatest writers. On Dubai Eye 103.8. It's all go here on Talking of Books this morning. Now we're joined by an author illustrator. His name is Ross Collins. And when he was in primary school, his primary one teacher, Mrs. Spears, told his parents that he should go to art school. And I think we can see why. If anyone has seen a copy of There's a Bear on My Chair and many of his other wonderful books, it's very clear to see why. So welcome to the show, Ross. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Annabelle. It's lovely to be here. I'd also like to introduce my co-host for the next 15 minutes. It's Flora Reese, Head of Programming at the Emirates (laughs) Airline Festival of Literature. Good morning. Good morning. So I, I want to just briefly talk about this moment where your primary one teacher basically told your parents, must go to art school. What, what's yeah. that all about? Um, I think it was at the first parents teachers meeting um, at the end of the first year, my primary one. And I'd drawn a picture, I'd painted a picture of a tiger with her tiger cubs. And uh, my teacher showed it to my parents and said, look at this. And I think my parents kind of went, yeah, and? And she said, this is really good. <laughs> this is really good. Your your son should go to art school. And they went, yeah, yeah, you know. And um, I don't think, I mean, you don't think about things like that when you're that age, but mm. I think it was quite significant that she spotted something. That's, that's that, nice. that sounds better than the parent-teacher evening I had with my art teacher <laughs> when they got called in and said, you, you do realise your, your child has been drawing pictures of the Grin Reaper. Is everything okay <laughs> at home? So that sounds like a much better experience. <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about Bear on the Chair because it's, it's mm-hmm. my personal favourite. I know that you've written lots of others and, and Flora will bring those up shortly. But um, Bear on the Chair, it's not only my favourite, it's, it's a lot of people's uh, favourites, I'm sure. And so I just wondered where Bear on the Chair came from and why you think it's been so popular and kind of what makes a hit when it comes to picture books. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, well, I'll start with where it came from. Mm. Um, basically, I mean, wh- when you're an illustrator, you've got a kind of a hit list of things that you want to draw you know you want to draw dragons you want to draw mermaids you want to draw you know so many different things and i've drawn an awful lot of those and one of the things i'd never tackled was bears and bears is a a real staple of children's fiction and so i wanted uh, that's quite unusual to actually you know spear point something that you really want to do and i thought no i want to do a book about bears and i just start to to think well what am i going to do and I was kind of floundering a little bit, thinking which direction to go in, and I just started to think about rhymes. Basically, what rhymes with bear? And turns out there's an awful lot of things that rhyme with bear. I was really lucky. And I kind of listed off, you know, about 20 in about a minute. It was dead easy. And I was looking for connections, and I saw a chair, and I thought, there's a bear in a chair. And I thought, that's quite nice. But then I thought, but it's, it's not got any drama to it, a bear in a, a, a chair. There's no drive to it. And then I thought, there's a bear in my chair. And I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. Because whose chair is it? How do they feel about this bear being on their chair? And how do they get rid of it? And it's, you, you come up with ideas very, very quickly like that. You know, this stream of consciousness you know, kind of thing. 
You seem to be the exception to the rule because a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to write a picture book. It's really, really easy. And then they're told, actually, it's quite difficult. You need to have a think about it. And then you come along going, oh, it's, it's, it's easy. I just... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's easy for a minute. It's just, it's, it's easy when it clicks. When right, you get okay. that idea that clicks, then it becomes quite simple in a way because it becomes in some ways quite obvious where you can take this and how the dynamics are going to work. It's coming up with that initial little kernel of an idea. That's the hard thing. Right. That, that's the really difficult thing. For you, is it pictures first or words first? Because you do both illustrate other picture books and illustrate and write your own. Um, I think it's words. I think it has to be words because without the story, there's no point in the pictures. You need to have a story. But as I'm thinking of any words, because I've always been more of an artist than an author, I think, then it's, it's no time at all before the pictures start to spring into your head. I guess I wondered if it was a particular bear that came into your mind when you were thinking what to do with a bear and, and, and that gave you any additional uh, kind of inspiration with the words. Interesting. No. No, not really, not a specific bear. But I mean, obviously, when I was a child, I was influenced by a lot of bear books. I mean, there was Paddington and... Um, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of great bears in fiction when I was a kid, and they influenced me, but, but then you need to come up with your own, yeah. something that's personal to you. And, and, and my that's bear was yours. And you're, I mean, you're so well-known for Bear on the Chair, but you have other... I mean, other I have done other things. things. Well, I, I mean, there's sheer number of books that you've done, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's how quick, I mean, is it quite quick once you get the idea and the illustrations, or do you spend a long time planning? I'm really interested in how, you know, like the, process the, of it. the process of it. It's, it's reasonably quick with me. I think I'm known for being fairly fast in the, in the industry, which I don't know if that's a good thing, a compliment or not, but I... I do work fairly quickly. I imagine your publishers appreciate it. They like it. Yeah, they really like it. It doesn't stop them wanting super fast deadlines, though. You know, they don't give you any more leeway just because you're fast. But, um, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, things do come quite quickly to me. I don't, you never settle for your first idea or for the first version of something. You always try more and more versions of it before you're satisfied but then a lot of the time the first one that you've gone for does turn out to be the best because it's the most instinctive one and it's the one that's been at the back of your head for quite a long time you know and just found its way forward yeah. and then you have i love the elephantum elephants are my favorite oh, animals so uh, um, it's always a joy to see them in picture books and that has been developed into a stage play yeah. And I was love, I, did you get involved in that? Did you have the chance to be kind of caught up in how that all came about? Yeah, that that is fantastic. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that was a wonderful uh, thing. Um, no, they contacted me and I just got this email from the National Theatre saying, are the rights to this available? And, and I went, and I get emails like that reasonably, reasonably, you know, mm -hmm. are the rights available? Not from the National Theatre. <laughs> And being a bit of a, an idiot, I went, yeah, 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 they are, you know, sent back and he went, yeah. And then, and then I thought, the National Theatre, those aren't the people that did War Horse, are they? And, <laughs> I, and I, I, I googled it, oh, oh my god, they are the people that did War Horse, and I got really, really excited. And I was kind of on the ceiling for about a fortnight, and then a friend of mine said to me, how many of those emails do you think they send out every day? And I thought, oh, yeah, you're right, it's true. But then it came about and it actually happened and they created like inflatable puppets to create this phantom elephant that could appear and disappear in the blink of an eye and 
and it was stunning. It was brilliant. I mean, I, I was a part of it, and I got to go down and uh, to give advice and to meet the actors, and it was, it was a bit of a dream. But I, I wouldn't say that I was instrumental in how they turned the book into, uh, into a stage show, because they know what they're doing. They really knew what they were doing, and I don't. But in saying that, what I was delighted by was that they, they kept the spirit of the book and they didn't veer away from it. They just elaborated on every little detail that I put into the book. It was that, great. That's brilliant because you do wonder how a picture book can become, you know, a, a full-on stage show. But then we've seen it done with so many yeah. um, of the kind of the classics. You can see why it, why it works because, as you said, that germ of an idea that can be developed and taken further and further. And that is what I guess makes a, a classic picture book with children. They can come back to it again and again and find something else in it every time. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm always very keen to put in things at the side of the page, yeah. Um, yeah. which are hints at a greater life beyond the one that you're looking at. Because I know as a child, I would have looked at books and I would have seen all these little details and I would start to fill in the blanks for myself and, and look at this greater world. And I, I like to do the same thing. I don't like to leave it just as that's all you can see in the page. I like to do a little bit more if I can. And that's what also makes them so appealing to the parents. Because a book that has that little bit extra that you can really explore with your child, I think that yeah. makes such a difference when you're reading the same story again and again well, um, at bedtime. I've always said, I've, I only became a parent five years ago. Uh, so the bulk of my work was done before I became a parent. But I always said that my books are made about 80-85% for the child and the rest of it for the parent because I'm aware of that uh, parents and I'm even more aware of it now that I'm reading books and a lot of dreadful books to my own son you know and you're you're reading them and you go oh there's nothing here you know but when you get one yeah. that has more to it it's gold it's gold dust you know and you've got to give the parents something you know? and what's it like reading your own books to your son oh uh, really deeply disappointing <laughs> uh, on the whole because he has very little interest in a lot of them. I mean, he quite likes the idea that it's me, you know, yeah. hey, it's dad, you know, but generally speaking, he has no more interest in my books and probably less than other books. But, you know, everyone's a critic, including <laughs> my son. I wanted to ask you as well, because when you're not creating children's books, you're also um, working on character development for animation studios. I have done, yeah. As well. Um, so, like a Disney, what? How does working for something like that compare to working on a picture book of your own? Uh, well it's it's an entirely different experience. Um, it's more intense because they need a much faster turnaround and things, and you're getting a daily critique on what you've done. And can you change this? Can you nip that? Can you tuck that? And, you, and typically, if it's with America, then. Uh, there's a time difference and there's a lot of back and forth and so it is quite intense um, but it's deeply satisfying because I've, I've always loved animation I've loved animation since I was a kid and still still do and it's a pleasure watching them now with my own son um, and it's something I've always wanted to be involved with but in saying that I'm not a great team player as it was because I'm very used to being in my own little world so that side of animation of character development has that element to it where you can be uh, you can not be a team player but still be part of uh, a greater thing you know yeah what what's the best part of doing what you do 
What do you look forward to the most about it when you wake up in the morning? I look, I look forward to making myself laugh. If I can make myself laugh, then I know I've done something right. And it doesn't happen all the time, you know, but occasionally, and it's, it can be a very subtle thing, just a small, like you can draw a character facing one way, and it's fine, it's absolutely fine, it works, and nobody would, nobody would think anything of it. But if you draw them just slightly bent to the side or just looking around or their foot at a slightly different angle, you can capture something. You can capture an emotion or a, just a little bit of humor. And when you do that and you get it right, there's nothing more pleasing than that. And you know that ultimately that's going to translate to the readers as well, that they're going to get that because it's all human. Everywhere around the world recognizes these little emotions. and. If you occasionally nail that, that's immensely satisfying. I think, I think one of the um, best parts about children's events is that children have the best questions <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end, good or bad. Yeah. Um, what's been kind of one of your favorite or your standout memories of children's Q&A? Um, I've, had, I've had, do you know my dad uh, quite a lot? No, is, <laughs> is the general answer. Um, but here's, here's something relating to uh, Glasgow culture. So, um, so in Bear My Chair, uh, the, the mouse tries to tempt the bear off of the chair using a pear, because it rhymes. And uh, so I'll say to the kids, now that didn't work. Can you think of something that would tempt a bear off of a chair? And you get some really interesting and quite dark answers sometimes from that, depending where you are. Um, but I got this beautiful little Glaswegian girl who's just, you know, she had curly orange hair and a face full of freckles and a big smile and hand, you know, up in there. And yeah, well, what do you think would get a bear off of a chair? And she said, a free bar. <laughs> and she, she said it, you know, with a, the voice of somebody who had no idea what a free bar was, but had clearly been told by somebody important in her life that the best thing in the world was a free bar. <laughs> from the mouths of babes. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Ross. That's all we've got time for. But I would like to remind everybody listening that um, Ross Collins' Animal Antics session is on today at 2 o'clock. So do come down and check it out. Lots happening at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature, the Intercontinental Event Centre in Festival City. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.